I'm Scott Hervey from Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escobedo from Weintraub Tobin. A self-proclaimed internationally renowned sports psychologist has intercepted the Miami Dolphins defensive back coach's tweet and claimed that the tweet constituted copyright infringement. That's up next on The Briefing by the IP Law Group. Josh, I understand that you want to talk about a new copyright action out of the Southern District of Florida involving a sports psychologist and the coach for the Miami Dolphins. That's right, Scott. On December 10, 2021, Keith Bell, a sports psychologist who owns a copyright for his 1982 book, Winning Isn't Normal, filed suit against the defensive back coach for the Miami Dolphins and former NFL player Gerald Alexander. In short, Bell alleges that Alexander infringed his copyright when he tweeted a pivotal section from the book nearly word for word in a May 13th tweet. That's real interesting. I, I read an article on this this morning and I also saw uh, I also saw Bell's complaint. It also appears that Bell has a copyright for the particular section that the coach posted on his Twitter account. So I, I find this to be absolutely fascinating. That's correct, Scott. He does have a copyright for the particular section that's at issue as well. Uh, and Bell specifically alleges that the public display of the heart of the infringed work was done willfully and intentionally in violation of federal copyright law with knowledge that an agreement had not been reached with the plaintiff regarding such public display. Accordingly, he's seeking an injunction, actual damages, statutory damages, and attorney's fees and costs. I believe also asserted a claim under the Digital Millennium Copyright Act for a copyright management information violation uh, for displaying a copyrighted work without the information identifying it. That's right, he did. According to Bell, he tried to resolve this matter by sending Alexander a pair of cease and desist letters, but Alexander never responded. I actually took a look at the tweet, which Bell attached to his complaint, and it appeared that Alexander attached an image of the passage in question below a comment on the documentary, The Last Dance, featuring Michael Jordan. Alexander said, quote, watching interviews of MJ on hashtag The Last Dance reminds me of this piece. If you don't know, you probably never won anything, end quote. The attached image featured the title Winning Isn't Normal across the top and the name Dr. Keith Bell below the passage. So did Alexander really fail to identify the work? And even more importantly, do you think this is copyright infringement, Scott? Good question. Uh, you know, I don't think that he failed to identify the work. As to whether or not this constitutes copyright infringement, I think it, it may. Um, especially if Bell holds a copyright, which he seems to, for this particular passage, which I guess is like a really well-known and very famous passage, um, which is, you know, this is just the problem of, <laughs> of, of, of tweeting other people's content. You can, or posting other people's content, right? We've seen a lot of cases on this subject matter with celebrities posting uh, photographs uh, taken by paparazzis or somebody else. So it's not any different um, posting content from a written work because written work is covered by the Copyright Act as well. 
Now, I don't think, you know, he might argue, oh, it's fair use. Um, I don't know. I don't see criticism and commentary here. He may argue that it's de minimis, but if Bell holds a copyright for that particular segment, I, I don't see it being de minimis. I don't know. What do you think, Josh? Well, Scott, despite the allegations in the complaint, I, I initially take a look at the account and I ask myself, how do I characterize this use? And the complaint alleges that Alexander maintains the Twitter account for a commercial purpose, but I don't really see that. There's nowhere on Alexander's Twitter account where he's monetized anything. He doesn't seem to sell merchandise. He doesn't seem to sell coaching services. In fact, he's a captive defensive back coach for the Miami Dolphins and has been for the last two years. So I don't see how this account is even remotely commercial. And I think there's a fair argument given the manner in which Alexander uses the Twitter account, which is essentially to you know, provide encouragement, education, and just sort of his insight on coaching and playing the game, the game being football and, and I guess sports as a whole. Um, but I think there's an argument that the purpose is actually a nonprofit educational purpose. But, uh, you know, and so I think that factor would weigh in Alexander's favor in the fair use analysis. And then if we consider the fourth factor, which is whether the use has an impact on the market for the copyrighted work, I don't think that this tweet in particular has any impact whatsoever. Uh, I mean, I, one thing I guess I'm acknowledging here is you're arguing the other factors and I'm over here harping on two is this is really the beauty of the fair use analysis is that you can make a creative argument in favor or against any of the factors. I mean, obviously you, you do run into some instances where you really struggle to come up with an argument, but I think in this situation, the arguments that you've put forth in favor of infringement are reasonable arguments. And I would venture to say that the arguments that I just put forth would be deemed reasonable as well. Well, I mean, look, the I, I'll agree with you, right? The pendulum of fair use swim, swings back and forth. I So I'm going to say that I think that the coach is might have a tough time here. Um, but then I'm going to take another position uh, shortly. So but let me just say this, like the, the, you know, we all know that nonprofits can still infringe a third party's trademark. So the fact that it's a nonprofit use, um, if that use is not transformative, I, I still don't see how um, it, the purpose and nature of the use gets swayed in favor of non-infringing use when it's just a, for a non, you know, a non-economic purpose. Um, you know, transformativeness is one of the most important factors. And if you can't establish transformativeness, um, you know, you, you know, you're dead in the water. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to sound, um, I don't want to sound too alarmist, but you know, maybe this coach really should have responded to those cease and desist letters and work something out early on. But that's another lesson that we could talk about later. Now, let me switch hats and let me just say that maybe the coach has a good defense uh, on fair use. Quite possibly, one could take the position that the, his, uh, his tweet, you know, prior to the inclusion of this passage, the entire passage, which is, I believe, 
covered by its own separate copyright registration. Um, I believe that maybe this could be fair use, this could be commentary. It's not criticism for sure, because he's not criticizing this passage by Dr. Bell, but he, it, it could be commentary. So in his tweet, the coach said, you know, watching the interviews in the documentary Last Dance, uh, or I guess watching the interviews of Michael Jordan in The Last Dance, reminds him of Dr. Bell's piece. And then he says, if you don't know, you probably never won anything. And I guess when he says, if you don't know, he might be saying, if you don't know how hard winning is, um, or if you don't know what it takes to win, you probably never won anything. Because the whole point of Dr. Bell's um, piece in Winning Isn't Normal is he talks about how that winners aren't normal people. They don't behave normally. Um, they are different than the crowd. They are just, they're, they're different. They adhere to a different um, set of beliefs and they do things differently. And that's why they're winners because people who are in the crowd and do the things that other people do, according to Dr. Bell, aren't winners. That you have to be different and you have to try harder and you have to try differently and you have to go that extra mile. I know these all sound cliche, but that's basically what Dr. Bell is saying. So it could be that the coach is saying, if you don't know about how hard it is to be a winner, or if you don't know what it takes to be a winner, then you probably never won anything. Um, which is probably then also hearkening back to the interviews where Jordan talked about why and how he became a winner. So, you know, maybe this will work. I don't know. I'm, I'm reminded of the Ratajkowski case where, I mean, she didn't lose, you know, the court kicked it to the jury and we're going to see what happens. And it'll be interesting. I hope that case doesn't settle. It, it would be really interesting to see whether her inclusion of mood on the photograph that she appropriated from the paparazzi and posted on her own social media platform, if that's enough to be uh, transformative to 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 be fair use, then you know. Then if that is, then very well, this may be too. Wow, right, what do you think? I think that's a fair point, Scott. I mean, I, I think that if if the Ratajkowski case is fair use, then this would very clearly be fair use because I think that I think that Miss Ratajkowski's use of the photograph with just the word mood would be much further from what I would deem to be a transformative use than this instance, which comes with, you know, a few more words to say the least. Uh, but I'm not even saying that I don't think Ratajkowski's use may or may not be uh, commentary or, or transformative in nature. I'm simply saying that if the Ratajkowski case and its use of one word constitutes transformative use, then I think that Alexander's use here would very clearly be transformative. Now, with that said, I think there's also an argument that uh, Mr. Alexander's use of the work would constitute teaching, or at least there's a colorable argument that it could be 
deemed being used for teaching under Section 107 of the Copyright Act. I, so I think there are a couple arguments that could be made here. Um, and I think that, you know, a, a copyright attorney who's worth his salt could certainly string together probably more than a handful of posts on Mr. Alexander's Twitter account and be able to say that, look, that's exactly what he's doing is he's teaching athletes through his tweets. Look, I, you know, as given that you're a litigator, Josh, it doesn't uh, surprise me that you came up with that, you know, it's the job of the litigator to pull out all the possible defenses and put them on the table and see what happens. And, you know, look, if you don't push, um, the law never evolves. So um, I would I would applaud any litigator who took that position and any other position that, you know, is legitimate to take, um, you know, Either way, I think I think the coach better get a good uh, copyright litigator. Uh, it seems like Dr. Bell has done this before. I mean, he's representing himself, Dr. Bell, apparently. And uh, by the looks of his complaint, like it wasn't shoddy. So it seems that Dr. Bell has done this before. So uh, the coach better lawyer up. I think that's right, Scott. Uh, and and we'll, I have to say, I, you're right. I took a look at the complaint once I found out that Dr. Bell rep was representing himself. And I was actually impressed for a pro se complaint. Yeah, so was I. All right, thanks for bringing this to our attention, Josh. Let's keep an eye on it and see where it goes. Sounds great. Thanks, Scott. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to our podcast. And if you're interested in more content like this, well, visit our back episodes and check us out at theiplawblog.com.